Hello, my name is Adrian Goldberg and welcome to the Byline Times podcast. The Byline Times is what the papers don't say, what radio doesn't report and what telly doesn't tell you. This time, new figures showing a sharp rise in the number of care leavers facing homelessness. The figures come from the government's annual statutory homelessness in England report and they show that 3,710 care leavers were either homeless or under threat of homelessness in the year 2022-23. That represents a rise of 33% since 2018. To find out what lies behind the statistics and what we can do about it, we're joined by Sophie Shazby, who is a relatively recent care leaver, and Catherine Sachs-Jones, who is CEO of Become, a national charity for children in care and care leavers. Before we do, though, just a reminder that the Byline Times podcast is funded by subscriptions to the Byline Times. That's our brilliant monthly newspaper, which combines the best of our online offerings with content that you can't read anywhere else. Find out how to subscribe over at bylinetimes.com. And if you have already taken out a subscription, Thank you. Welcome then to Catherine and Sophie. Sophie, before we started recording, you told me a little bit about your story. You're nearly 26. You left care and like many care leavers, you were given a grant of £3,000 and allocated a flat. So from that point on, what could possibly go wrong? Yeah, I think a lot of things could go wrong. You know, I was 17 at that time. And unlike most people that age, not particularly ready for that, not particularly ready to live independently and not just needing sort of all the furniture, but there was a lot of things that come with living independently. So the bills, managing, financing, budgeting, which are things that care leavers don't get much support with. So definitely a lot of things that could go wrong with that. And I made the decision sort of, two years after living alone, which was difficult, you know, managing, you know, budgeting for meals and managing sort of a small amount of money that I had because I was living independently and going to college on benefits, which, you know, as we know, there's not, you know, not a massive amount. And then after sort of two years, I decided to go to university. And so I, you know, had to get rid of my flat and everything that was in my flat because I wanted to sort of experience the full university experience which I did and then after I finished university I needed somewhere to live and I didn't have any support off my local council in terms of a new housing support. Just so I understand that Sophie you had given up the flat that you entered when you left care because you wanted to go to university you wanted to experience the the full flavour of living in halls and having the full university experience, but that involved giving up your flat. And mm. therefore, once you'd left uni, you had nowhere to go back to. Yeah, so at that point, the only option I had was to go and stay with family, which wasn't ideal, you know, nothing against sort of family, but that was all I could do at that time. I had no money to put down a deposit on anywhere to rent for myself that's quite an expensive thing to do and, and so I lived sort of with family for around sort of seven to nine months before I eventually did have somewhere to live which I then stayed there until sort of this time last year but then because of a relationship breakdown I had to move and I sought sort of help from the local council and was told that I'd 
be a priority for housing because I was a care leaver, but that priority never happened. And so I actually ended up moving in meet a friend that I went to college with we got a property together which was private rented which I didn't want to do again you know I wanted some housing from the council which I was entitled to and the day that they rang to say that they'd try and support me to get somewhere to live was the day that I had to be out of where I was living so it was too late you know I'd I'd have to find somewhere um, on my own accord which I'm still living with my friend now and this tenancy comes to an end in April and we're both sort of in conversations at the minute and I think I want to live on my own and my friend's got sort of plans and I'm dreading it because it doesn't seem possible that I'm going to be a priority for housing. I've registered myself now in the hope that by the time April comes I can have some support. It sounds to me like a very precarious existence. There's a lack of preparation for you on leaving, preparing you for the kind of life that you might have to face outside but then you wanted to do what many young people want to do which is go to university away perhaps from the area where you've grown up and to experience the full three years away but then with very little in the way of safety net in practical terms to help you from there on notwithstanding you've got this real difficulty of perhaps not having the family support that that many other young people would have. I think that's it. I think typically a lot of things that young people who aren't care experienced um, have support with. So, you know, in terms of things like, you know, the first cars or putting a you know deposit down on somewhere to live, those are things that the majority of care experienced people have to do sort of on their own. So private renting, which I do at the minute, the deposits on them are extortionate and I've got to have that money. I haven't got the support of anyone else to fall back on, you know, in a crisis, which... I don't have and certainly a lot of other care experience people don't have. And Catherine, the government statistics reflect care leavers who are either homeless or, as in Sophie's case, under threat of homelessness. She doesn't know what's going to be the situation in April. So I guess she might fall into these figures as well, albeit that she's older than the age group identified by the government. So why do you think there's been such a sharp increase in the number of young people leaving care affected in this way? We have seen a real increase, Adrian, over the last few years in the numbers of young people leaving care and at a really young age, 18, 19, 20, finding themselves homeless um, and going to the council. We know that that's just the tip of the iceberg. There will be countless thousands more young people in hidden homeless situations. So maybe sofa surfing or in the worst instances, rough sleeping. There's been a rise in homelessness overall amongst all people, but there's been a particularly pronounced rise in homelessness amongst care-experienced young people. The rates are rising much faster than the rates of homelessness in general. And the reason for that, I think, is pressures on the cost of living, the increasing costs of housing. And as you've kind of touched on, and as Sophie's spoken about, young people leaving care don't often have the same family support to fall back on. So it can very easily mean that they really struggle in this difficult climate that we're all facing at the moment. We know that young people are made to leave care often before they're ready. So for some young people, that can be on their 18th birthday, literally on their 18th birthday, they're asked to leave care. That could be in the middle of important exams, in the middle of A-levels, when they're just starting out in the workplace. For some young people in reality, and we've heard from Sophie that she was only 17, you know, it's actually even younger. So these are 
young people, really still children, and we are saying to them, actually, that's it, overnight, you have to be out on your own, you're expected to be independent, you're expected to find housing, often find housing on your own, sometimes with some support, and to manage a tenancy. And unsurprisingly, especially in the difficult climate that we're in at the moment, for many young people, it's a real, real struggle for them. They struggle financially, they can struggle emotionally and mentally as well. It's a lot of pressure to ask of teenagers to be independent and sadly too many do end up facing homelessness and we think that needs to change we need to see an end to the care cliff so that no young person is asked to leave care before they're ready and we need to see proper support for young people to go into housing and that should include young people who go away to university and come back you know young people leaving care have the right to the same opportunities and chances as any other young person and i know from the many young people we speak to going to university can be absolutely transformative particularly for young people who have been in care so we should be supporting young people to study to go to the university of their choosing to go away and when they come back there should be support there for them so that they don't end up up facing homelessness and can instead be thinking about their future but the sad truth is that we are letting down thousands and thousands of young people in the care system and we think that urgently needs to change and we need to see government action to make sure that no young person leaves care before they're ready and that every young person is given the support they need into a stable home. We're also joined by Martin Barrow and Martin's a journalist who's written extensively about care leavers and is an experienced foster carer in his own right. And Martin, is it impossible to imagine a situation in which no care leaver was made homeless or threatened with homelessness between the ages of 18 and 20? Why is that so hard to achieve? It shouldn't be hard to achieve. I think we all know what needs to be done to address this situation. We're aware of the problems and the solution is very much in our own hands. What is so frustrating is it seems to me the number's not great in the scheme of things, and the amount of money it would take to put things right is not great either. Relatively small amounts of money, time and effort. On the other hand, failure to take action means that everybody pays a huge cost in later life. Unless we get it right now and we do take action, the cost on society and the cost on young people, particularly as they go through their lives, is colossal. And this precarious situation in which care leavers find themselves is simply the culmination of living through a precarious system. So this sense of precariousness exists from the moment children or young people come into care. We're talking today about care leavers, but those last two or three years of care can be just as precarious And young people are treated with the same sense of almost detachment and lack of care. And I think care leavers are one of the most visible kind of articulations of this problem, but it exists pretty much throughout the care system. And Catherine, how much of this is about lack of provision for local authority housing, lack of provision for housing association housing? It's no excuse because care leavers have an entitlement to housing. But is that what lies underneath this? Yeah, I think Martin's absolutely right that this is a broader problem than just young people leaving care. We have record numbers of children in care, more than we've ever had before, so over 100,000 in the UK. 
And the truth is that we have a system in crisis. There are not enough places for young people in care to live. And so we see high levels of instability, young people being moved around, often moved to another part of the country, away from everything and everyone they know, sometimes multiple times a year. And then when it comes to leaving care, often young people find themselves on their own and we see these kind of issues. There is a housing shortage in this country. Yes, that is absolutely true. And that needs to be addressed. Housing is extremely unaffordable for many young people. But like Martin said, we're talking about relatively small numbers of young people leaving the care system. It's about 10,000 young people leave care every year. We simply have to do better. And I think if we're honest, you know, not enough attention has been paid to this issue. Government have not made this enough of a priority. And we need to see that change. We are failing some young people in society who are in some of the most vulnerable situations. There are few things you can do that's a greater intervention in someone's life than removing them from their family home. And we absolutely need to be doing everything possible to make sure that we give these children that we give these young people the best possible start in life and that must mean helping them with housing so we don't see so many young people leaving care and becoming homeless it is actually a scandal and I think to somehow say that we're not able to do something it's just not true these are not vast numbers we could easily solve this problem everyone knows what we need to do now we just need to get on and do it. Sophie the state or the local authority where you live are de facto your parents in this situation how do you feel you've been treated it's like a split 50 50 you know I was supported while I was in care and then I was only 17 when I left care and as much as I was prepared in terms of washing my own clothes or how to check when the electric goes off and those sorts of things but those things compared to things that we face now and if that is nothing like I should have been like prepared a lot more and had a lot more work on broader things in terms of the support from the council with housing I think that's really poor they say that we're a priority and we should be a priority but where that priority is I don't know and because that certainly hasn't happened for me it gives me little hope and trust in that. And what other kind of support have you had I mean anybody who is a parent and who doesn't have children in your situation will know that at the age of 18, young people are not just ready to go off into the world. I think that's, you know, most people who are past that age will understand that your support continues into your late teens, your early 20s, sometimes even into your 30s. Is there anything out there for you past the age of 17 when in your case you left a care home? Yes, I did sort of have the support of a PA, the personal advisor, how I describe it is like a little bit of a step down from a social worker and you know you have them if you're in education it's up until you're 25 if you're not in education or employment it's up until you're 21 and I had that support but again when I left university that support kind of backed away quite a bit but in terms of support that I have had which I think should happen in all areas but the local council where I was looked at a child and they commission a charity And they provide support in terms of like mentoring, mental health activities and sort of social engagement. But they're a charity and they rely on fundraising to be able to support care leavers. But I know that that isn't available in all areas. And they actually support care leavers up until they're 28. So I do have the support of them. But when it comes to things like housing, it is the council that makes that decision for, you know, care leavers being a priority. And Martin, there are all these rules around young people who leave care. So 
at the moment, if you say that you are, or if you are a judge to be someone who has intentionally made yourself homeless, then you won't necessarily be supported into long-term accommodation. There may be a local area connection test so that you've got to prove that you have links in the area. They may be appropriate if young people uh, have a, a family background, as it were, or conventional family background, but it does prove quite restricting for young people leaving care then in terms of where they might want to live, where they might see the future. Absolutely. I mean, it's a bureaucratic nightmare and it depersonalizes every step that young people have to take simply to get what they're entitled to in the first place. I think outsourcing of care is a major part of the problem. So if you take a young person who, let's say, is in the care of a local authority in Dorset, but Dorset has nowhere for that young person to live. So at the age of 16, they're sent to live in, in, I don't know, in Leeds or... And then something goes wrong with that arrangement in Leeds and their next home is actually, let's say, Stoke. Now, suddenly, celebrate their 18th birthday, and the next day, they're told to leave the home where they have been staying. I mean, it's quite brutal. You're 18 now, lovely to have met you, off you go. Now, the question is, where is that young person meant to think of as home? And who is going to take responsibility for providing housing? That young person may not have lived in Dorset for five, six, seven years. They don't know anyone in the area they may not want to go back to Dorset, but they've only been in Stoke for six months. They were previously in Bradford. So th the question is, which local housing authority or association is responsible for putting a roof over that young person's head? There's no personal relationship. Right? It's a very poor local relationship with the council responsible for their care. But the whole thing's broken down. This is my point, that their local authority will probably have made no provision for this person becoming an adult. There's no transition arrangement from a paediatric setting to an adult setting. This applies in every form of care, whether it's health or social care. And this is where it all breaks down. So in the desperation to find somewhere for this young person to live, everything else is set aside and everything else falls apart. Nobody thinks what is going to happen when this person is suddenly 18. I have to say there are similar problems in foster care. It's not just about children's homes, but arrangements for children who come of age in foster care are only marginally better and they rely overwhelmingly on goodwill. I absolutely agree. That issue about children being placed in different parts of the country is a huge problem. It's something we hear about all the time that become... And it's an issue for them when they're in the care system, because not only have you moved out of your family home, but you have moved to another part of the country that you don't know. You've probably had to move school. You've lost touch with your friends at school, sometimes lost touch with brothers and sisters, which is particularly difficult and traumatic. And then you might be moved again, as Martin said. And then when you come to leave care, you'll be sent back to one of those areas where you are deemed to have a local connection. But of course, you might not have lived there for years and years. And where um, another local authority might say you have no connection with that area, even though you're a care leaver and will deny you access to housing, even if that's what you want. They're entitled to say you have no local connection here or not a strong local connection. 
That's exactly right. And, you know, the situation of young people leaving care is different in that respect. And we think that the local connection rules shouldn't apply so that a young person should be able to live in the area what best meets their need and where they feel most at home. And that doesn't necessarily follow these bureaucratic rules, particularly for those young people who have been moved around time and time again. So there are a lot of changes that are needed to give young people in care a better start in life. There's been a lot of talk from government, but less action. And that's what we need to see now, because we can't keep on letting young people down in this way. And it just strikes me, Catherine, this is not one of those stories that makes headlines. It affects relatively small numbers of people. Yet for those people, and these are people for whom the state for whom the local authorities are responsible, it's hugely important and it is deserving of a bigger hearing. Absolutely. I think it's something that most people don't think about or know about. And I think when people do understand it, they can see immediately that this isn't good enough. We need to do better. And I think that's why it's so important that we have these conversations, that we hear from young people like Sophie, who's sharing her story with us today, which is amazing because young people want the system to change for people that come after them. And it's by hearing those voices and by having those conversations that more people will become aware of this issue. And we can solve this it is relatively small numbers of children and young people just a little bit of will and we could change this and that's what we need to do i think these problems appear intractable but they really are not they can be resolved i would say even broadly within the amount of money that is currently available i think we can do so much better and i think it needs to begin by Restoring that link between local communities and the children in care who come from there, we've kind of broken that connection by moving children so far away. It's very difficult to put it back five, ten years later when there is a different sort of need. I think if you create systems that allow children and young people to remain in their communities close to their families, who at the end are going to be there for them long after the care system has disappeared, Many children find that they've grown up in care, but once they reach the age of 18, it's a family member who actually comes to the fore and actually stands by them rather than the care system. So the more we can do to maintain and improve those relationships while children are in care and keep them as close to home as possible while providing them with the support that they need, I think we take a big step towards putting these things right. Sophie, what one thing... Would you like to appeal for, given that it's people like you who are right at the heart of this story and you're someone who, as we speak, is facing homelessness in a few months' time? For me, it is people being more open and talking about it and being aware of these issues. But I think most of all, you know, ending the care cliff, you know, young people not being made to leave care when I was 17 years old and we're not ready for that. Sophie, thank you so much for your time and good luck in future. Thanks also to Catherine Sachs-Jones, the CEO of Become, the National Charity for Children in Care and Care Leavers. And thanks also to journalist Martin Barrow. I'm Adrian Goldberg. This has been a We Bring audio production for the Byline Times, produced in Birmingham by me and Harvey White. Don't forget the Byline Times podcast is funded by subscriptions to the Byline Times. Please take out a subscription if you can. Full details over at bylinetimes.com. Thanks very much indeed for listening. See you again soon. Cheers now. Bye-bye.